0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of OBP the On-Base Podcast presented by 641 Media. I'm your man George Grothier here as always with 641 Media's Max Toscano. We are joined today by 641 Media founder Patrick Melbourne and Commissioner of Major League Baseball Rob Manfred. Commissioner Manfred, how are you today? I'm
1: great. How are
0: you guys? Doing great. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, first and foremost, Congratulations on your recent extension. Thank you. Um, What does such a move on the part of the owners mean to you?
1: Well, I think that it gives you a uh, uh, period of time to think about how you're going to move the game forward, uh, what we need to be doing with the game to make sure that we're as competitive as possible in a very... Uh, competitive entertainment environment. So, you know, I welcome that opportunity. We got a great work group here at Major League Baseball, and we can, we can do good things with the game.
2: Technology
1: is a growing part of baseball
2: in general, we're seeing AWS come in and bring in stat and everybody seems really into it. What are growth opportunities in that direction within the next few years? Well, I I think
1: think that uh, we're focused on a couple of different areas. Uh, We have a new uh, virtual reality home run derby game that we're very excited about. I think there's real opportunity um, in the area of uh, virtual reality in general. Um, we're also uh, uh, focused on um, increasing our profile, I guess is the way I would say it in the area of electronic games. Um, I think it's an important source of engagement, particularly engagement for younger people. So those are two big areas of focus. And
2: does that extend also to social media, that whole technology area? Well, look, our
1: social media presence is something that we work on constantly. Uh, You know, it's an important way to market the game, uh, kind of becoming the preferred way to market anything. And, uh, you know, we have a very large social media group here at 245 Park. Um, And it's been a real area of focus over the last 12 months.
2: And as these negotiations go on with some of the regional networks, is some of the direction maybe kind of focusing to shifting online a little bit more?
1: Well, look, I think that digital rights are an important part of that negotiation. Um, it, obviously, when you look at a traditional linear product, you talk about you know making an investment. Um, you want to know what your digital rights are because the, the media landscape is changing rapidly. I think from our perspective, our involvement in that process is really about the latter point. The more you control and centralize your rights, the easier it is to respond to a changing media landscape.
3: Yeah, and I definitely think
1: uh, Major League Baseball, uh, the teams in particular with their
3: social media accounts, have done a great job engaging with fans. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, response, uh, as well as just you a witty banter and all that kind of stuff. So I think uh, Major League Baseball's definitely headed in the right direction there.
1: Thank you.
2: When it comes to fan engagement, too, something a lot of focus has been shifting toward is making baseball inclusive to even more than what the traditional... Kind of target audiences mm-hmm. what strategies is major league baseball looking to employ to start getting more lgbt people maybe interested in just a wide demographic in general well we have a you know uh,
1: very long-standing and well-developed diversity and inclusion program um, the individual clubs a lot of them post spirit nights in their ballpark as a you know it, it's symbolic of your desire to be as inclusive as possible um, so, and it's not just, uh, it, it, you know, it's all sorts of groups, you know, ethnic groups, whatever that, that, that we try to attract with, with special nights in addition to the spirit nights. Um, I, I think the second thing is we focus on our workforce. Um, I, I think it's really important um, that fans see a workforce that's diverse, that, um, you know, individual groups see people that look like them on the field, and so it's a, it's a really broad,
0: wide-reaching effort. Um, On the subject of reaching out to people who want to see these people similar to them with similar walks of life, um, there's been talk, as I'm I'm sure you know, of bringing the game to different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Games this year lined up in in London, Monterey, um, Mm -hmm. Tokyo. So what... Sort of impact do you think that bringing the game internationally has on fan bases abroad?
1: Well, I think that, um, at a point in the development of a, a particular market, um, it's important to take the product live. Um, you know, unlike you know people's view of some other sports, the the in yeah. park experience in baseball is one of our best. You know, people really. Um, Thrive. They love the idea of being in a ballpark, seeing the game a lot. So l- let's take London, probably the best example. For a number of years, um, and we've been working on the development of that market. It begins with simple things like licensed product. Right, you get people familiar with logos. They may not even understand it. it's a baseball team, but they like the logo. They start wearing it. People start seeing it. So the, the next step. Is then you, you try to attach baseball-related activities to existing gatherings and festivals. Um, so we've run home run derbies in conjunction in conjunction, uh, you know, food festivals, music festivals. Um, we've made extensive use of the, the virtual home run derby game just to again get people familiar with the product. Um, and, and then you know, kind of the last step is you take it there live and it appears. Um, that the market in London is ready for it. Um, We had two waves of ticket sales um, this week, uh, 21,000 for each game the first time, and then the remainder of the 55,000 tickets the second day. And, you know, they were complete sellouts within a matter of hours. So it looks like London's a market that's ready to go. Yeah, what do you think as far
3: as, uh, you know, expanding your view towards uh, London, what do you think that uh, such a a different landscape and... society from what most of baseball has been exposed to can bring to the uh, to the table?
1: Well, look, I, I, I think that, um, you know, you're a huge opportunity economically. Um, there are some natural affinity points. I mean, cricket and baseball are not all that different. Right. You have a very large expat population in, in, in London, and so there are some natural hooks in, in, in London to make it a good target for us um, going forward. But you know, whenever you go someplace different, you learn something. So we played in Australia a few years ago. Really interesting. One of the most popular things that happened, it was was written about, fans talk about it, is when you hit a baseball into the stands, you get to keep it. Unlike a cricket ball, you have to return because the softening of the ball is part of the game. So, you know, every time you go someplace different, you know, that culture puts its little mark on baseball, it makes it different and it adapts to that culture, and I think it's really important. I mean, you go to games in Korea and Japan, um, the fans have their own way of interacting with the game. that's a huge positive for the game over the long haul.
2: Something to that, when you attract new fans, pace of play is one of the hot topics in baseball right now. Over the next couple of years, are there any specific goals regarding pace of play that MLB is looking at? Yeah, look, I, I, we, we don't...
1: Um, as much as it gets written about, um, we don't really think about the issue in terms of pace of play. Pace is one aspect of the entertainment value uh, uh, of our product. We want to make sure that both for the audience in the ballpark and the fans who are watching at home, we provide them with the best entertainment, and that involves being crisp not having a lot of downtime, but it also involves things like action and, and making sure that um, we fill whatever gaps there are in the game with interesting things to keep the fan, particularly the broadcast fan, engaged.
0: So on that note, what have you seen, especially in this last year with the reduced mound visits rule, um, efforts to speed up the game as it's being played?
1: Well, we had a um what we regard to be a successful um effort on pace this year um we think the most important thing is both the mound visit rule and the the any great changes that we made went forward without any real disruption of play on the field it's not like people were saying oh if i had one more mound visit i would have won instead of one you did not hear any of that um, and the games are shorter; they're about five minutes shorter. But pace is one of those things you just have to keep after it. There's no magic bullet that's going to make the game two hours instead of three hours. It's just one of those things you need to continue to work on. But most important, it's one aspect of the entertainment value that we're trying to provide to the fans.
0: So, in terms of, I mean, I first got into baseball. A very young young age of course mm-hmm. um, because of one of the most unique elements in sports baseball doesn't have a clock right. the game can go forever and ever and ever you saw World Series 18 innings so in terms of appealing to that type of fan with the element of adding between inning pitch count clocks all of those, what can you say to that?
3: Well,
1: I, 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 look, the kind of clocks that we have talked about using, right up to including the pitch clock that's used in the minor leagues, are clocks that's designed um, to, to move play along. And no one is suggesting, um, I think when people talk about the roommates of the game with no clock, it's that the game ends when the game ends. Nobody's talking about changing that, okay? I mean, right. people get caught up in the sophistry of, oh my God, you're putting in a clock. In the, in, the game, in the game that's never had a clock, well, what really matters is the game plays out the way the game plays out, and nobody's talking about changing. The way I've always viewed this uh, whole piece of play
3: thing is that you're just trying to, there's, you know, with baseball, you've kind of got some, you know, open space, and you're just trying to condense that into a
1: solid, uh, flowing game. Is that kind of how the think, is? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good description of, of, of what we're talking about. We're not talking about changes where, you know, when you hit two hours and 15 minutes and you're in a seventh right. inning and you're done. Nobody ever suggested right. that. What we are suggesting is that, um, you know, Nineteen mound visits in a game—not necessarily conducive not to making the fan have the best experience. It's not about wanting to change the game; it's about addressing what fans are interested in seeing.
3: Yeah, I definitely—I mean, I definitely am a big fan of the mound visits. Rule it—it uh, forces managers to uh, think a little bit, uh, catchers to think a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, pitchers to uh, really buckle down.
2: It definitely, uh, it seemed like there would be a lot of variation. That there was kind of no ratio. Right?
1: Well, you know, it is sort of. Uh, The way of change, um, you know, usually when changes come in the offseason, other than maybe some player signings, sports writers don't have a lot to write about. Um, It gives them an opportunity to write about something, and, um, you know, not too many people read articles that say, Oh gee, they made some rule changes, and we think they're really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> huge. I think you can understand where I'm going yeah. in terms of what that fundamental dynamic sure. is. But more time, go back and look at the rule changes: the the, the catcher rule, the second base rule, the mountain oh, visit right. rule. You go back and you look at when they were put in. Oh, you know, you know even the controversy it just goes, goes away. away. You know, yeah. people were all worked up, and you know. It just doesn't change the intentional wall. I'm a big fan
0: of that one. Yeah. Big time saver. Well, that's good. But the mound visit rule one thing that I absolutely love about it is that it's affected, as Max just said, the strategy of the game. Mm-hmm. You have to think about when you're going to use right. a mound visit, when is the right time to go out there, and you only get six. Right.
1: It is something, I, look, it, it is another element of strategy. I think one of the things that, that is, you know, fundamentally appealing about the name is the most strategic of the professional sports. And, you know, I think um, people, because managers are strategic thinkers in general, they adjust it to the rule. They figure out how to do it. Um, yeah. Rarely have you seen people run out of visits. Um, and, you know, that's a good thing. If you
3: could... If you could, without any of the bureaucracy that you would have to deal with to make big changes, if you could just unanimously, by yourself, change,
1: make one directive, what would it be? You know, I, I, I am in a mode right now because we're talking to the players um, about these issues where, you know, I'm not articulating my own priorities publicly You know, frankly, my own priorities matter less than the club's priorities, and it's just we're just at a point where I don't think it's helpful in terms of moving that process forward. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like the uh,
3: the uh, club focused approach of Major League Baseball. Um, I really like the uh, kind of the way you work with the clubs um, and how kind of
1: communicative the process is. Well, look, you know, our clubs our constituents, right? I mean, we, we sit here to act as their representatives, and I think that um, when you lose sight of that, um, you're probably letting yourself in for the governance problem. overall.
0: Right. Definitely would agree with that. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh,
1: uh, look, I, you guys had great questions. Um, I enjoyed it. I always like seeing three young baseball fans. It does my heart good, and I appreciate you guys coming in. Absolutely. Thank you, so Thank you so much
0: for your time. This has been the 641 Media On Base podcast with Commissioner Rob Manfred. Thanks for listening, everybody.